of history are stained crimson saturated with the blood of men and women who went to the great lengths, even to their own martyrdom, to protect and preserve the word of God. In 1947, the inevitable occurred. Shepherds found a library of scroll jars containing scripture in a cave by the Dead Sea. In modern Qumran, with mostly scroll fragments, many scribed on leather. But Qumran is a new name. Do we know its ancient name? Actually, yes, we do. And we'll cover that. And it unveils so much. Up until that point, the oldest copies of the Bible, either in part or in whole, that we had were from the 9th century AD forward. When you hear someone say the original Hebrew or Greek or even Aramaic, including us, they are actually referring to one of these texts from 900 AD, the Masoretic text, typically, because there are none that we knew of before that until 1947. That was 70 years ago. So today... We've incorporated these into Bible translations and learned much from them, right? Well, not really. Unfortunately, that has not happened, even remotely to the degree that it should. Why? Why are most churches still programming us to reject those Dead Sea Scrolls before even researching them? Do they not know at least portions of every book of the Bible? except Esther, were found among the Dead Sea Scrolls, some in whole? Yes, those are inspired and canon, which is the typical programmed response we all immediately spit out whenever we hear Dead Sea Scrolls. Are they inspired? Are they canon? Well, yes. And actually, we're going to take that to another level. Because we're going to answer that across the board as a yes. There are other books and writings within the Dead Sea Scrolls in which were found with Scripture, even in the same scroll jars. What does that mean? We never get to that because of all the scary language about the Dead Sea Scrolls. For instance, we use geographic historical directions in the Book of Jubilees, a book with thousands of years of history and use before Yahushua Jesus and even by the early church fathers after. And with that book, we actually found the Garden of Eden and the land of creation. It's right there. Directions from Noah. Is that really evil? It didn't lead us to a Luciferian stronghold like Babylon as modern scholars do, of course. 
it led us to a people who probably more closely resemble the God culture and not the culture of the gods in their culture, ingrained, not talking about some of the things that are happening today, but I'm talking about ancient remnants that you can see, tangible. Imagine that. That's in our Solomon's Gold series. If you have not seen it, we methodically find the garden, the rivers from Eden, the mountain which the ark landed, Mount Sinai, Mount Zion, the Mount of the East, Ophir, Sheba, Tarshish, ancient Havila, and the land of creation where man's origins began. Yes, we can know that. And it wasn't in Africa, nor was it in Babylon. And none of those are where we have been told. But the clues and even direct references are right there under our noses. According to the Bible, history, geography, science, language, etc. Check it out if you haven't seen it. In this video, we are not veiling our finding, but coming right out with a very, very bold claim which we will support. John the Baptist lived in what we call Qumran today, where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found. And by the way, that's where they were found. They weren't found further down. There were a few found in the next town down. There were none found in Ein Gedi, none found in Masada, none found north of the Dead Sea. Yet, if you look at the map from Israel Antiquities Authority, they show all those locations. But they didn't find Dead Sea Scrolls in all those locations. They found them principally in Qumran and nowhere else. Now, we don't find the word Qumran in the Bible because it is a new name of no significance. It is not the ancient one, but we can know that name. It's rather odd that scholars have ignored this simple, clear evidence and propagated a completely unsupported theory that a pagan cult, yes, that's what they really were, and we'll prove that in the next video as well, absolutely, 100%, that's what they were, called the Essenes, lived in Qumran. No, they did not. History tells us exactly where they lived, and it was not Qumran. And it's clear. We're not stretching anything to get to either of these conclusions. It's right there in plain language. But the Bible tells us who did live there in modern Qumran. For those trying to deceive people that John the Baptist and even Yahusha, Jesus, were connected to the Essenes somehow is sheer ignorance. And we will call that what it is, because that is a disgusting proposition. They take broad strokes like the Essenes believed in an afterlife. Oh, Jesus and John believed in an afterlife. Their views on that are opposites. When you break it down, others say John and Jesus believed in the Messiah. Duh. And the Essenes believed in a Messiah. So, see, they must be the same. That's stupid. These two groups were on polar opposite ends of that spectrum. The Essene Messiah was not Jesus. 
If it was, they would have embraced him, wouldn't they? And they did not, and we'll prove that. It's the same one who is yet to come, who will rule the world in military might. Who does that sound like? Well, read Revelation, and he's right there. He's called the Antichrist, or Anti-Messiah, or Beast. Are those the same? No. As we said, only stupidity, sorry for the word, but we don't know any other way to call it, would attempt to make such a point. We are going to deal with the Essenes, including their location, beliefs, symbols, writings, which were not the Dead Sea Scrolls. They identify the Essenes by the Dead Sea Scrolls, which is circular reasoning, because first you got to prove they ever lived there, and they did not, even on the evidence that they're using, which we're going to use their own evidence against them. We'll know their alliances. We'll know who they were by the end of this series. And we will prove their connection to Kabbalah, not Judaism, Kabbalah. They were not keepers of the library of the Old Testament, which is what was found in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Their library was in Alexandria, Egypt, and it contained their Gospels, which we call, appropriately, the Gnostic Gospels. Those are twisted manipulations of the Word, which we were warned about. And no Gnostic Gospels were found at Qumran, which is a telling sign that that was not their library. This should be obvious, yet we continue to hear this, don't we? Why? We will get to that. But for now, let's jump in and see what the Bible says about exactly where John the Baptist operated, as well as the exact location of Yahushua's, Jesus's, baptism, which is not where you are told on the tourist visits to Israel to the dirty, muddy Jordan River. Wrong place, and we'll prove it. We'd say those scholars don't seem to be able to read, but that's not the case. Instead, they are laughing at the goyim who don't know the Bible. Well, no longer. Here we go. Before we go into John, let's set the foundation for the breakout of territories in this time frame, which is well documented by history and not something to be argued with, really. Because many confuse Herod the Great, who was governor of Judea at the time of Yahushua's Jesus' birth, with his sons, Herod Antipas and Herod Archelaus. However, Herod the Great died in four BC, which means Yahushua, Jesus, was born before 6 BC, at least as the wise men arrived about two years after his birth, which we cover in part 11 of Solomon's Gold series, and met Herod the Great, not his son, Herod the Great, who died in 4 BC, because you'll see that is the Herod, Herod the Great, who dies while Yahushua, Jesus, is in Egypt. So, he had to have been born, Yahushua, Jesus, at least two years prior to Herod's death, and more likely longer than that. So, any Bible timeline that has Yahushua born after 6 BC is just plain wrong, according to the Bible, by default. 
because he could not have been born after Herod's death. So when you look at the Stellarium program, which says that he that the stars formed the way that they supposedly formed in 3 BC or whatever it was, the date's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. <laughs> the Bible is right. Stellarium is wrong, period. There's no other way to look at that. It must match the Bible. If it doesn't match the Bible, it's wrong. And that's in all cases, including science. So, any Bible timeline that has Yahushua born after 6 BC, absolutely wrong. Throw it out. No matter where it came from, doesn't matter. I don't care how big the minister was. Go read the Bible. If it doesn't match the Bible, if it goes against the Bible, it's wrong. And that's what the Bible says. Because he could not have been born after Herod's death, and one must leave the two-year window for the wise men, which we cover, came from where? Ophir, Sheba, Tarshish, and Seba, according to Psalm 72. It's right there in the Bible. It's right there. So anybody that says they came from any place else, as Babylon has never been identified as one of those four areas. Never. There is no correlation to any other area. It has to be Ophir, Sheba, Tarshish, and Seba. Now, you want to argue or debate on where those things are? Okay, fine. That's fair. But no one has ever argued that Ophir was in Babylon. No one, because it could not be. So, anyway, we prove that those four areas are, in fact, what we call modern-day Philippines in Solomon's Gold Series. The record of Herod's death is well recorded and not disputed from any reputable source that we have found. So, let's read further. When he, Joseph father of Yahushua Jesus, arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt, and was there in Egypt until the death of Herod, which Herod, Herod the Great, but we'll see. So Herod the Great died. How do we know it was Herod the Great? But when he heard that Archelaus, that's Herod Archelaus, son of Herod the Great, did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither, and notwithstanding, being warned of God in a dream, Yahuwah, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. So, Herod the Great is only referenced at the birth of Messiah and two years after, and then he dies in 4 BC. Okay? So, again, anything after that, wrong. And Herod Archelaus becomes king of Judea at that point. And as you can see on the map, Herod the Great's other son is also named Herod Antipas. That's the Herod that is mentioned as taking the wife of his brother Philip that beheads John the Baptist for criticizing him. Or today we would call that judging what John did, yet we don't understand we are to judge, especially ministries and leaders, absolutely judge. By not judging them, we end up in a massive deception, which we are in today. And the same Herod Antipas is the governor of Perea near John. And Galilee, 
where Yahusha, Jesus, grew up, which is why he is mentioned again in the story where Pontius Pilate says to take Yahusha, Jesus, to Herod, which was appropriate. You can see the two orange territories of Herod Antipas and the yellow territory of Judea for Archelaus. Some of you may have known this, but we are laying foundation to ensure the geography is accurate and clear later on. Notice too on this map, any reference to the Jordan in this era could refer to the Jordan River, but what scholars completely seem to forget is when river is not specified, it could also refer to the Jordan Valley, which in that era was on both sides of the Jordan River. A reference to the Jordan would mostly include both sides of the Jordan, the plains of the Jordan as well. So if something is beyond Jordan, for instance, which we'll cover, it is beyond that area, not within it. That seems basic, but watch how this is really confused by scholars. The Bible is far simpler than it has been given credit. We just have to read it and stop adding words and restore what it actually says. We will. Also, note the wilderness in these days is not the wilderness in which the Israelites wandered, and it is not the banks of the Jordan. We are going to show you several maps in these two videos And the wilderness of Judea is always in the same spot, on the west side of the Dead Sea. Nowhere else. There is no other wilderness of Judea. This is where Yahusha, Jesus, headed after he was baptized and was tempted by Satan, meaning he was baptized near or in that area. And we will prove he most certainly was. He was not where They are baptizing tourists today in the muddy Jordan River. And by the way, by the end of this video, you will know this. One other geographic marker to be aware of in this era is the Jordan. When scholars see the Jordan, they immediately assume it only refers to the Jordan River. However, in Abraham and Lot's day, all of the plain of Jordan was named as Juan. Yes, the Jordan River runs through the center of it. However, the plain that surrounds the river on both sides is still the Jordan. It's the Jordan Valley. We'll show you more on this in a bit. In Joshua's day, the Israelites had to cross the Jordan River to reach the Promised Land, which was known as Canaan because Canaan, son of Ham, stole that territory from Shem's descendants all the way to Abraham. Tapos, and then we had the tribes of Israel, which, as you can see, the nation of Israel included the territory of Gad on the east of the Jordan River, and Ephraim and Manasseh, Benjamin and Issachar had the western side, as it was one nation. The Jordan could refer to the river, certainly but could also refer to the plain of Jordan as in Genesis. So the Jordan Valley surrounds the Jordan River to form the 
Jordan. Clear? And in the days of John the Baptist and Yahusha, Jesus, you can see the very same scenario. Again, one could say the Jordan could mean the Jordan River. However, if any area is beyond Jordan, it is not just beyond the Jordan River. In the eastern Jordan Valley especially, it makes no sense. Again, just foundation here. We'll explain this further, but wish to set up geography here that makes sense. Mary went to visit Elizabeth and Zacharias before the birth of John the Baptist in the hill country of Judea. Where's that? Basically, the hills that run parallel to the Dead Sea between Jerusalem and the Dead Sea. Why not the entire mountain range throughout all of Judea? Because as shown in the map to the far right, when you get above the Dead Sea, the name changes to the hill country of Ephraim, and then Samaria or Manasseh. So John was born and raised not far from the Dead Sea. No, that doesn't prove anything yet. But wait, wait till you see what we found in plain view that is just plain ignored. Just who was John the Baptist? Much more than a Baptist, and he had nothing to do with the founding of the Baptist denomination, no. Luke says, now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar... Now, we know who Tiberius Caesar was, and he's very well documented. We know exactly when his reign started and exactly when it ended. So, this tells us the exact year that John started his ministry. He reigned from 14 AD to 37 AD. So, the 15th year, and you would start counting with 14 as the number one, was 28 AD. That's when John's ministry began publicly. Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea. Note, on the map, Pilate replaced Herod Archelaus, which is why he presided over the crucifixion of Yahusha, Jesus, and not a Herod. And Herod being tetriarch of Galilee. Now, this is why this Herod is Herod Antipas, the same as before that we showed you, who not only has Galilee as his territory, but also Perea, which means that he encounters Yahusha because he's in the area where Yahusha grew up, which is why Pilate sent Yahusha Jesus to Herod to be judged rather than judging him initially himself. Yet at the same time, he was the tetrarch of Perea, which is just over the Jordan River that you see on the map there, the two orange spots. And his brother Philip, tetrarch of Ituria, and of the region Trachonitis and Licinius, the tetrarch of Abilene. Now, we know Philip because Herod Antipas took Philip's wife. So, that's what John the Baptist criticized him for, in fact. Annas and Caiaphas, being the high priests of the temple, of course, the word of God came unto John, the son of Zacharias, John the Baptist, in the wilderness. So, where is John all this time? He's in 
the wilderness. In the wilderness of the Jordan? No. In the wilderness of Judea. He went to the wilderness, desert, same word. The wilderness is the desert. But read on. And he came into all the country about Jordan. If he came into the country, which includes all the area around the river, the valleys and the river, all named what? Jordan. See that? He was not in Jordan at that time, right? Where did he come from? From the wilderness of Judea. What wilderness then did he come from? The wilderness of Judea, just south of the Jordan. Don't worry, we will nail this down very specifically. What did John do? He preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. So he was far more than a Baptist, wasn't he? This would make him a preacher of righteousness, correct? Or how about the title, teacher of righteousness? Hmm, yes. Remember that term because scholars really don't seem to understand that one. As it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Yahusha, make his paths straight. Where is the voice of John the prophet calling? In the wilderness. Did he stop crying when he was beheaded? No, because his voice cried out again in 1947, and it continues to do so. We'll explain. The Greek word used for wilderness both times in this passage is eremos. 32 times it's translated as wilderness and 13 as desert. In other words, the desert wilderness. The two are one. Which one is right next to the hill country where John was raised? The wilderness of Judea. But this is even further identified. Matthew tells us where John resided. Which wilderness? He nails it down and tells it's the wilderness of Judea. Where specifically is that wilderness? Because it has historical boundaries and we have known them all along. Yet, many scholars seem to confuse them. Perhaps they would admit they are not geographers, understandably, but that doesn't dismiss ignorance. And that's what this is. So, where is the wilderness of Judea according to ancient maps? Even as late as 1830, this map shows us exactly where the wilderness of Judea was and is. Remember, wilderness and desert are synonymous, so you'll see the term used one way or the other, but it's referring to the same. This shows the desert of Judah, Judah's Judea, same thing, on the west coast of the Dead Sea. Where was John? The west coast of the Dead Sea area of Judea. That's where he was. I know the Jordan is mentioned, and it is, but did we really read it? We'll get there. In 1836, Wilderness of Judea, same place. In 1852, same place. In 1853, still the same. In 1864, still 
the same. And even just look at the topography of a modern Google map. Where might the desert or wilderness be? Well, west of the Dead Sea, all of it. There is desert south of there, but Matthew told us that's not the one, the Negev. It's the wilderness of Judea. Matthew nails down the wilderness of Judea is where John preached. People came to him meaning he was in a fixed location or multiple fixed locations. This scripture says they were baptized in Jordan. Now, talk about splitting hairs. What we are about to show you is this is essentially accurate, but John further pins this down for us. And Yahushua Jesus came from Galilee, where he was from, and he went to John to be baptized of him. Where did he go? To Jordan. Does it say he was baptized in the Jordan River? No. What's Jordan again? It's the river and valley or plains that surround it, not just the river. However, John provides even more detail to say the Jordan Valley region is not being specific enough. Matthew was generalizing here, which is fine, and he's accurate, but John clarifies and details this further in a very credible way. This is why we cannot just look at one passage when a story exists especially like this, as important as John the Baptist was. He's in all four Gospels in different forms. And then take one, just one of them, and draw conclusions. You need to look at them all. It takes all of them to understand. And the one with the most detail is going to be what should be preferred in answering the questions. Where did John operate and where was Jesus Yahushua baptized? What have modern scholars done? Take a tour in Israel and get baptized in the supposed location where John baptized Yahushua Jesus? That location is a joke. According to the Bible and history, and now you're going to see why? John one twenty eight. These things were done in Bethabara beyond Jordan, where John was baptizing. Now, this is talking about the uh, baptism of Yahushua, Jesus, in Bethabara. So, where's Bethabara? This should be simple, right? Well, actually, it is, but not to scholars. Very close to, but beyond Jordan. That's what it says. It says beyond Jordan, right? So it's not in Jordan. It's beyond Jordan. But wait a minute. Don't the other passages say it's in Jordan? Mm, Not actually. No, they're just not being as specific. Now we're getting very specific, and you'll see this is on the border of the wilderness of Judea and the Jordan. So, but we'll, we'll specify that a little further. Bethabara means house at the crossing place. This is where scholars go on a wild goose chase to find a place where one can cross the Jordan. 
without even bothering to look at the width of the Jordan River, where it meets the Dead Sea especially. They ignore actual historic maps as well. This is how scholarship science and even archaeology work today. Each discipline stays mostly within its discipline and does not bother to apply the other disciplines, which have further evidences to help them, but they just don't cross that line. Well, they should. They should cross all the lines because they should look at all the proof and all the evidence in order to draw even a theory. But they don't do that, do they? You will see they really miss this one, and it's not that hard to find. Notice, we are not looking for a city here, but an isolated house at the place of crossing the Jordan River. Okay, here we go. The Greek word used for beyond is translated accurately. It means other side, beyond, over, farther side. That settles it. It must be the eastern side of the Jordan River then, right? Wrong. Here's Wikipedia's definition of Jordan, however. Unlike most other river valleys, note river valleys, the term Jordan Valley often applies just to the lower course of the Jordan River, from the spot where it exits the Sea of Galilee in the north, to the end of its course where it flows into the Dead Sea in the south, so that area in between, on both sides, to the east and west. So if Jordan refers, yes, to the river, but also the valley, then where's beyond Jordan? Where was Yahushua Jesus coming from? He was coming from the north in Galilee, as we saw earlier. So, what would be the accurate way to say he went from Galilee to beyond Jordan? Well, he would enter from the north, coming into the Jordan, the Jordan Valley. He didn't swim in the river. And he would head where? South. And as he's heading south, because that's his journey, he would end up south of the Jordan River and Valley. Otherwise, he would have to go much further to the east into the modern country of Jordan, far away from the river. And that would not be identified as Jordan, and yet beyond Jordan at the same time. Which actually is a clue in all of this. It's not a mistake. So, what would fit that description? Check out this mosaic tile map found on the floor of St. George Church at Madaba, Jordan, just on the eastern side of the Jordan River. So, they lived on the eastern side, but look, there, they identify Bethabara, the exact Greek word used in John, with a picture of one house, a singular house. How about that? House of the Crossing? Yes. This is the most ancient map ever found of Israel, by the way. And it is intricate and detailed and amazing for what it is. It's done in tile. What side 
of the Jordan River is Bethabara, what's on the western side. So it's not east of it, and they would know because they're on the east side, aren't they? And would be happy to take credit for Yahusha, Jesus, getting baptized over there instead of on the western side, but that would be incorrect, wouldn't it? So it's not east, it's west. But look where this is. Not just the eastern side, but the northwest edge of the Dead Sea region, where the Jordan meets the Dead Sea, which would make it the wilderness of Judea, yet right on the border of the Jordan. Remember, this is a tile, and incredibly amazing for its day, and even today for that matter. Theodosius also supported this, But we don't need scholars to realize this, because the Bible tells us already. This is not the only map, though, that shows Bethabara. This 1836 Tanner map shows Betharaba, just south of where the Jordan River meets the Dead Sea. Just south, right on the border. Where is it? On the northwest edge of the Dead Sea, where it meets the Jordan River and Valley, qualifying as both the Jordan and the wilderness of Judea. See, the Bible's giving us this detail. All accounts are accurate. John just gives more detail, but they're all correct. It is in both the Jordan and the wilderness of Judea which specifies exactly where it has to be. It can't be any place else. We find the Bible does this oftentimes, and we've missed it for all these years. But wait, something changed here. This map says Betharaba, not Bethabara. What voodoo are we using here? Well, none. It's the same word, Bethabara which is the New Testament Greek word, mind you, is the same as the Old Testament Betharabah in Hebrew. According to biblicaltraining.org, it is a scriptural correction in Aleph, the first letter of the alphabet in Hebrew. It renders it Betharabah. So Betharabah is Betharabah. Betharabah, Betharabah are the same. Joshua identifies this, though, so we don't want to leave you hanging with just a website. Joshua identifies this as the same area, and we'll show you. Joshua writes, in the wilderness, Betharaba, remember, Bethabara in Greek, same word, Midden and Sikaka and Nibshan and the city of Salt, where are we? on the Dead Sea, of course, and and Gedi, where are we, on the Dead Sea, of course, six cities with their villages. What's Joshua referring to here? This is the Dead Sea area on the west side, known as the wilderness of Judea. He's identifying the areas that exist within that wilderness area. Wilderness doesn't mean uninhabited, by the way, which is what we always assume. He starts with the northernmost area 
of Bethabara, Betharaba, and works his way down the coast of the Dead Sea. Let's look at more maps, and you'll see this at least with a few of these references. On this 1852 Philip map, here's Betharaba again, Bethabara, on the northwest tip of the Dead Sea, where it meets the Jordan. South of that is labeled Mird. Is that Midden? Likely. And you can see all the way south is Ein Gedi, which we will address in great detail in the next video because that is the home of the Essenes. Really, nowhere near Qumran or Bethabara. Don't worry, we'll prove it. But Bethabara, Betharaba, same thing, looks far away from the coast, doesn't it? Look at the topography here. See where the mountains are? And notice the valleys. How does this compare to a modern map of where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found? We cover this more, but a quick taste for this video. All five of these cities, by the way, are identified by Joshua on maps we are using throughout this series. And they are in an exact concurrent pattern from north, starting with Bethabara, all the way south to the southernmost point being Ein Gedi. Notice there are five cities between Bethabara and Ein Gedi, or four, even in Joshua's day, and they grew since then. So, if someone says, I don't know, like, I don't know, uh, Pliny the Elder, maybe, the historian and geographer, that the Essenes lived above Ein Gedi, he doesn't mean five cities and 25 miles to the north of it, does he? After all, he was a geographer. He kind of knew better. Now, let's move on. Here's a map to the right from Israel Antiquities Authority, who is in charge of the Dead Sea Scrolls today. Of course, they have sold several off, even some like a complete Aramaic version of the Book of Enoch, to a private collector, and you will never see that book. But anyway, what is it that they say about the love of money? Anyway, let's plot these caves, which identify the mountainside, onto this 1852 map and see if it makes sense. Here you go. Note, the map from Israel Antiquities Authority has two cave threes. We're not going to address that, but obviously they didn't bother to care for this map the way that they should. Look where the caves fall in line. Two of the caves are most certainly in the region of Bethabara, Bethabara. And it really identifies that coastline area as Bethabara. Not just the dot, which is one of the fallacies of many maps. You follow the dot and you assume it's only that little teeny area. That's not usually the case. Murd has its own history and is not connected to Qumran. So put that aside. And you can see the house 
at the place of crossing is known today as Kerbet Qumran, a modern name perhaps to conceal its true meaning. Talk about beyond Jordan, by the way. See the line where the Jordan feeds into the Dead Sea? Where's Beth Arabah? Almost right on top of it. But just south or beyond Jordan, isn't it? So it is the Jordan and beyond Jordan at the same time. To identify it as Jordan would be appropriate, as Matthew, Mark, and Luke do. But to be specific, as John was, it is actually just beyond. Make sense? And for further clarification, there's a modern-day Google map showing the location of Qumran National Park, which we also plot on the 1852 map, and it fits. This coastline is ancient Bethabara. And here's an 1853 map showing the same location of Betharaba. But this isn't the only geographic marker in the story of John the Baptist. John 3, 22-26. This is the story later after Yahushua, Jesus, gathers his twelve disciples, in which he picked up two from John the day after his baptism. In fact, Peter's brother Andrew was one of them, and he already knew Yahushua, Jesus, was the Son of God by revelation from John the Baptist, which he actually introduced Yahushua, Jesus, as the Son of God, to his brother Peter. So Peter was not the first to say such, contrary to the reading of that scripture where Peter is the rock, but we're not going to deal with that in this video. After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea. So they entered Judea, not Perea, on the east side of Jordan. No on the west side. And there he tarried with them and baptized. Many miss this. Yahushua Jesus baptized. Neat. And John also. Both of them. Awesome. That would have been an amazing time. John also was baptizing in Aenon near to Selim because there was much water there. Big clue. And they came and were baptized, for John was not yet cast into prison. Then there arose a question between some of John's disciples, these are John's disciples now, and the Jews, so the Pharisees who were there, about purifying. Why purifying? We'll show you this is a focus of some of the Dead Sea Scrolls, and John the Baptist is the writer of those, at least those portions, and he practiced purifying rituals. Why? First, because his father was a temple priest of Abiah, and his mother, a daughter of Aaron, founder of the Levite high priest, which John was qualified for. But he wrote that he did not go to the temple because it had been defiled. And we're going to cover that in much, much more detail. But there's just a little taste. And they came unto John and said unto him, Rabbi, he that was with thee, 
beyond Jordan, talking to John here, and referencing the guy he baptized and identified as Messiah, beyond Jordan. Where are they, or where were they at that point? They were beyond Jordan, not in Jordan. Not for that portion. At Bethabar, modern-day Qumran. To whom thou bearest witness? Behold, the same baptizes. Yahushua Jesus was baptizing, see? And all men come to him. Now, John goes on here to identify Yahushua Jesus as the Messiah, and he is happy to fall into his shadow anytime. John was a great man, far more than just a Baptist. It's really a bad title when you think about it. He called the nation of Israel by the thousands to repentance and prepared their hearts to receive Messiah. He is equated even by Yahushua, Jesus, among the greatest of all prophets. Yet we are to believe John left us nothing. Was it not the voice crying in the wilderness in 1947 yet again? Yet we continue to question whether we should even read the materials he left behind in his library. Oh, we'll prove this much further. Now, where were they at this point? They were in Anon and Selim, which is in Selim. Now, Selim is the word for springs. So, Enon means springs. Some have supposed the site to be northeast of Shechem and seven miles north of a village now called Selim, the later being three miles east of Shechem. Three miles southwest of this, no wonder nobody reads what these scholars have to say. Couldn't they make it easy? <laughs> Three miles southwest of this supposed site of Anon are several springs in a valley. These coincidences have led some to place Anon here. But both the word Selim and that four springs are among the most common. There is another Selim, or name of similar form, in the wadi of that name, three to four miles northeast of Jerusalem, and very much water flowing from one large spring, and several others. Note, the passage identifies this spring, which had very much water. So that's the one, not the others. And yes, there's many named Selim. That's a common name, just means springs. So that's the one. Two miles northeast at Ein Farah. Therefore, as that immense spring supply, as Dr. Barclay describes it, suggests the word springs or Anon, and the name suggests the name Selim of John, it has been located at this place with far greater probability. For the former place was in Samaria, which is ridiculous because Samaria is nowhere near the wilderness of Judea, nor could it ever be the Jordan necessarily, and the latter in Judah. Now, from John 3, 22 and 23, it appears that both Jesus and John were baptizing in Judea. No, it doesn't appear they were. And their proximity to each other gave occasion 
to the remarks recorded in the 25th verses. Verse, then it appears that Jesus left Judea for Galilee in chapter 4, verse 1. Well, actually, he's got the verse wrong, but it, it's okay. Uh, he's very close. So, Anon is three to four miles northeast of Jerusalem. Not that far, necessarily, but obviously this was an outpost where John was also baptizing. But notice, not in the Jordan River. In the Jordan, but not the Jordan River. It was still on the Judean side of the Jordan River, not the Purian side, not the east side. That is completely wrong. And this was a spring not in the Jordan River. Only one time does Mark, and he's the only one that mentions that John baptized people in the Jordan River, not at the time where Yahusha, Jesus, was baptized, by the way. But the other references, including the baptism of Yahusha, Jesus, and his disciples were both in fresh water, not the muddy waters of the Jordan. But this scholar uses tentative language here, so we must make clear what the Bible says. When he says it appears he left Judea, and his verse is wrong as well. No, he doesn't appear to, he says it. We'll see. John 4, 3-5. He, Yahusha, Jesus, left Judea. Is that a maybe? No. And departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, Samaria which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. So, no, it does not appear. It is fact. He left Judea, exact words. But why are we told Yahushua, Jesus, and his disciples were baptized in the Jordan River? Even Scripture tells us that the Jordan is incredibly muddy and not considered to be an optimal place in which to baptize people, and they would have known that. The background photo, which is public domain, as you would be shocked to find out how much of Israel really benefits financially from every aspect of this area. Even the historical photos, everything is copyrighted and guarded, and it's amazing. But anyway, there's still some out there that we can find to use. This is the location that we are told as tourists, Yahushua Jesus was baptized. It was not, and we have proven such already. This is not where John operated other than perhaps once in Scripture, which could also be a mistranslation of the actual word in. Here's what people thought of the Jordan River in ancient times. Let's look at 2 Kings 5, 9 through 12. I'll read it quickly here. This is about Naaman, the captain of the host of the king of Syria. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan several times. See, Naaman was a leper. And thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth, angry, and went away, and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord its God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. 
Are not Abana and Farpar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Now, he did eventually wash in the Jordan and he was healed. But the point is the mentality of many was what you see in this photo. The Jordan River is a very muddy river and not considered clean because of that. Why would John force everyone to go into the Jordan River when he had fresh springs in which he could operate and a compound in which he lived, which we will show you had lots of water and a large baptismal. We're going to show you actual renderings of what it looked like, and we're going to show you even some footage of Qumran. So you'll see for yourself. We found in 1947 his library in Bethabara, modern-day Qumran, where he operated from his home. We will prove this further by the very writings themselves, which are attributed by many scholars to the Essenes, yet they do not match the religion and belief system of the Essenes, which we will prove out in detail. They do actually match those beliefs of John the Baptist and his disciples. They lived at Bethabara, the crossing place, and no, John the Baptist did not share his compound with pagans. <laughs> that is ridiculous. But how do we know one can cross the Jordan River there, the house of the crossing place? Here's a picture of the spot where the Jordan River enters the Dead Sea. Would this not be a good place of crossing as opposed to its wider points throughout most of the rest of the land? Certainly, it may grow larger at certain times, understandable. But this photo shows it certainly is not impassable, is it? So there was never any need for scholars to go searching for a point where there might be a ferry crossing when this is in the area identified by the Bible and history, and it much better fits. In this video, we clarified the geography involved in the days of John the Baptist. In the next, we will deal with the geography of the Essenes who scholars erroneously claim lived in Qumran. No, they did not. But we know where they did live, and who they were for that matter. From there, we will compare the belief systems of John and Yahushua Jesus versus the Essenes, as those guys were not Essenes but the opposite. We will expose the Essenes for what they really were and Josephus with them. We will then begin to understand the Dead Sea Scrolls as the library of the voice crying in the wilderness who kept such for us to find. And this has been concealed in plain sight with scary language that these scrolls were not inspired. Yes, they were, and we will prove it especially since 65 of the 66 books of the Bible were found there. So yes, there were inspired scrolls there. Yes, they are not canon. 
Well, they are not canon as far as the Catholic canon. We agree. But they're much better than that. The Dead Sea Scrolls represent the very library of John the Baptist, not as seen pagans. And what was his library? What was a library of scrolls in that day in comparison to today's terms? Well, that would be John's Old Testament, of course. Yes, it would. We will prove this out, but we already know the Essenes did keep a library, and it wasn't in Israel, nor did it match the one of the Dead Sea Scrolls. It was in Alexandria, and that's where they found the Nag Hammadi Library, which housed the Gnostic Gospels, kept by Essenes, which fit the doctrine of the Essenes and do not come even close to matching the Bible. Talk about confusion. Wow. Almost like this has been done on purpose. Perhaps. These are the guys Paul, Peter, James, John, and even Yahusha himself warned us about. They crept in unawares, Jude said, and infiltrated from the beginning. They are the root of religion, and Yahusha, Jesus, is the root of relationship. He doesn't care about your religion. He wants to know you, and he wants you to know him above all. Go to church, fine, but don't know him, and you will not enter his kingdom, and you know whether you know him or not. So there is never a need to question salvation. However, we have been taught that if we say a short little prayer and try to mean it, that we are saved forever with no further requirement. But this flies in the face of Yahusha himself, who defined salvation when he told us that there will be those who will approach him on the day of judgment, saying, Lord, Lord, wrong name, by the way, we have cast out demons in your name, prophesied, and even performed miracles. Wow, who does that? Well, pretty major churchgoers of responsibility for that matter. I mean, these people are operating at a high level to do these things. Yet, he will say to them, depart from me. Not everybody, not saying that, but from certain people, even though they're performing miracles. But why, why is the point? For I knew you not. Do you know him? I mean, do you really know him? These were very high-level Christian people, casting out demons, performing miracles, operating the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But he said he will reject them if they don't know him, which means you can even do those things and not know him. He makes it clear. And when Paul said that we are saved through faith, not works. Where does faith come from? Knowing Him and His Word, hearing and hearing by the Word of Yahuwah, God. We must know Him because that is all that matters. And if, in fact, 
The library of John the Baptist, one of the greatest prophets, was found in Qumran, well, Bethabara, to be accurate, in history, then we want to know all there is to know about those writings. There are books found in the Dead Sea Scrolls that are summarily dismissed, that have massive revelation, that help to clarify even Genesis on major levels, yet they track along with it. We know this because we've actually read them and compared them parallel side by side in which we were even able to find the Garden of Eden and the land of creation. And there are those who have marginalized them because the Catholic Church chose to delete them from John the Baptist's Bible. Yes, that's what they really did. They censored a portion of John the Baptist's Bible. If we prove this out completely, and we will, it'll take a few videos, but we will, then we will prove this is the case. Because that's what an ancient scroll library is. It is the Old Testament. There were no New Testament scrolls found. There were also no Gnostic Gospels found. That is a lie if you've heard that. So, the Old Testament, the oldest canon of Scripture, of the Old Testament Scripture, was indeed compiled by John the Baptist. Not just arbitrary writings of pagan Essenes. This is the issue of our day. Restoring Yahuwah God's word and understanding exactly what the God culture really is. Why Adam lived the way he did and never built a city? Never tried to group people together in a great society or start a movement? He didn't do any of that. But who did? Well, Cain did. He was the first builder of cities, even credited by Freemasonry for that matter, if you look into it. And he created the Great Society, with the help of the Watchers in time as well. And the giants picked up on that, the Nephilim, and they ruled in the very same way. Which do you think followed relationship with Yahuwah God? Cain or Adam? Let us all be more like Adam and not like Cain. Thank you for watching our original canon series on the God Culture YouTube channel. Make sure you are notified of our next uploads from YouTube as we upload new videos by clicking the subscribe button below this video and make sure you click the bell as well. Share this with others and check out our website at thegodculture.com. Our videos are also available on our website and on our Facebook page, in which there is a link on our website as well. Always remember to prove all things for yourself, yes, including what we say. Yahuwah God bless.